Hey everybody, welcome to the PDX Beat Podcast, the weekly culture show that keeps a finger on the pulse of all things Portland. I'm your host, Amado Lumba, and in this week's beat, I dove a little deeper into the story behind one of my most favorite coffee roasters in town, Water Avenue Coffee. I met with owner Matt Maletto and started our conversation with the most glaring question. I think I might know the answer to this, but what, what came first? Was it the name or the location? Uh, <laughs> you know, when we decided to move forward with the company in general, we spent a long time with names. and We had all types of names that did focus groups. And finally, I was kind of standing out on the corner looking at our building, which our building is called the Water Avenue Commerce Center. It says it in big letters on the building. I thought, you know what? Water Avenue Coffee is such a cool, you know, basic location-based name, but also the kind of meaning of, you know, water obviously being a big part of coffee and Avenue and kind of our theme has been kind of transportation and really this neighborhood that we're in, which there's a lot of, you know, um, a lot going on. So it really kind of fits. And we've really noticed that even though it is kind of a... You know, gives a toast to the neighborhood that we're in and the street that we're on. It is sort of transcends kind of names uh, on a national level too, where we have a great reputation and awareness. So, right, people always ask, "Oh, Water Avenue, where are you guys located?" <laughs> <laughs> the Water Avenue Coffee Retail Store, located on Southeast Taylor and Water Avenue, is, in a word, quaint with communal seating for roughly 30 patrons at a time. In terms of the store's aesthetics... When we started, we truly wanted to embrace this industrial neighborhood that we're in. Um, and the kind of nature of a vintage building, a neighborhood that's gone through a lot of you know, uh, change over the past... 80 years mm -hmm. um, so some of the decor we wanted to kind of always be kind of a northwest roaster and um, we used all the wood for the counters is reclaimed 100 year old wood from a neighboring building oh nice uh, the idea of kind of the water transportation trains you know is all kind of fit the fit the neighborhood and inspired us to just kind of have a real kind of industrial feel but also uh, you know just again pay tribute to this part of town which used to be you know uh, kind of interstate avenue came through here literally a lot of these buildings you'll notice they almost face the water right, right instead of the street and back in the day all of that was actual port and boats would pull up like the building right across the street boats would pull up and then they would load out the back of the building right so uh it's just been kind of a cool part of part of uh you know our, our overall kind of brand and identity sure and then just to tie into the portland history as well sure Matt is not only a native Oregonian, but sort of grew up in the coffee world via his father and business partner, Bruce. And in spite of a pointed education and eventual career in graphic design... I never was able to shake off the coffee industry, <laughs> which um, I've, I've always had a real passion for not only the product, but the kind of community aspect of 
retail coffee, right? And then the global aspect of roasting coffee, right? Um, you know, it's pretty. It's, there's no other product like it. You know, we can compare it to wine or craft beers, etc. But um, the global reach that not only we are able to share in in the whole process of uh, getting coffee, you know, into the hands of the consumer is important, but it really shows how responsible the barista is, you know, for that final link of that chain. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, we do everything in our power to source great coffees, to roast the coffees, you know, specifically to how we feel they'd be best served and then serve those. So uh, we try to be a real ambassador in our industry for not only the great products, the people behind those products, but then in our kind of wholesale uh, strategy with restaurants and coffee bars in Portland, we try to offer a real unsurpassed level of support and resource and training and ongoing training so that uh, these coffees really are always being prepared at their best. So, yeah, I mean, education's always been a big part of my passion in coffee, but also Bruce, my father, started a business 25 years ago focused on coffee education. Is that Bellissimo? Yeah, so right. Bellissimo uh, Coffee Advisors is kind of the consulting arm of the American Barista Coffee School, which Bruce founded and we're both partners in as well. So to create a new business, part of you know the reason why Water Avenue came about was that we've always been in education and training and consulting, but uh, five years ago, the economic nature of doing business is, was changing rapidly, mm -hmm. and we saw a great opportunity to diversify and create a, you know, really get back to our roots in retail and open a micro-roaster retail uh, operation in this building. So it was uh, really, you know, there's a lot of risk involved. The neighborhood at that time really wasn't sustaining even the small bakery cafe so right. we knew that wholesale and roasting would be a big part of our uh, operation which it, it is but the retail really blossomed with the evolution of this neighborhood and, and now we are you know doing three four times our initial projected volume in the retail setting which is great right and then you also uh, pr provide beans to a lot of coffee houses. Correct. Yeah. Right. So our wholesale program's really grown, I'd say, sustainably. Uh, we've really never had a dedicated salesperson. Um, it's often we kind of build organic relationships with people that have heard about us, come in, show some interest, and then we really collaborate and work with them on figuring out a great solution for their business. And then we also invest and spend. Um, you know, a, a large amount of time just retaining the relationships that we do have. Instead of always trying to take on new business, uh, we really like to build a long-term strategy for our, for our wholesale partners. Well, uh, are you still kind of trying to keep things small in, in a sense? So this has been, this will be our biggest year okay. uh, in the sense that we uh, are moving our wholesale majority of our wholesale production into a new facility. Oh, wow. So we've signed a lease on 4,500 square foot space, um, which is kind of breaking news for us. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty big space. <laughs> we, uh, 
are definitely, um, you know, positioning ourselves to continue to be able to grow on the wholesale side. Right on. And what that will allow us to do is really uh, focus on still sustainable growth, but allow us to take on, a, you know, some new wholesale relationships uh, and give us a little more breathing room uh, and logistically a space that is more conducive for production. Sure. You know, it's been awesome to grow within, you know, the constraints of this space, but we're definitely trying to make a, you know, a conscious decision to grow before we're completely on top of ourselves. Sure, yeah. Got to make sure the supply chain is there, yeah. Absolutely. Do you, who's your, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can share this, but who's your biggest client? Oh, you know, it's interesting. We have built our business really just on a focus of supporting the Portland market. Okay. You know, we do have a couple of partners in, you know, Eugene Bend, and uh, we do some guest roaster networking throughout the U.S., but as a primary uh, partner, uh, we have some really excellent relationships just here in Portland. You know, we don't really uh, have, you know, one huge client that's a large percentage of our overall business. Uh, we definitely have some larger scale restaurants, coffee bars, uh, and hotels that, that serve our coffee that, uh, you know, go through quite a bit of coffee. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we really don't look at our partners as large or small. We really try to provide uh, adequate resource and support no matter how much coffee they serve. Right. Um, some of the more notable restaurants, and it's always hard because I don't want to obviously leave anyone out. Understood. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've had a great partnership with uh, John Gorham and Tasty and Sons, Tasty and Alder, Toro Bravo, Mediterranean uh, Exploration Company, etc. And that's been been a really fun partnership. Uh, later this year in April, actually, John and a small group will be coming with me down to El Salvador in Guatemala. So we're taking John as a chef and also Sonny um, from the Allison Inn and Jory restaurant to go down and really just kind of learn about the full process of right coffee production, tasting, etc. So that's really exciting and fun for us. Um, what brought that on? Uh, it's you know a way for us to work with some of our larger accounts to continue that education, to provide a resource that typically uh, a coffee bar owner or chef or restaurant owner may not have to go to uh, Central America for sure. sure for a week and have a fully orchestrated trip. Uh, you know that we range on our end, but also it's a fun way to get away for a few days. And sure, why not, right? Something new. And yeah. yeah. You know, we love craft beverages. Um, we love the culinary industry here in Portland. And it's our way of really showcasing that we truly, uh, you know, love the Portland community and the inspiration we find in local chefs and bartenders you know, other baristas, etc. It's just part of why we're in business and, and part of what keeps our own education always uh, evolving. Right. So, speaking of education, what's 
What makes for a good candidate for to become a barista? That's a good question. And typically when we're looking to hire new baristas, for example, we're not just looking at what their experience is. Um, hard work ethic, of course, is, is mandatory. And then a, a true passion, not only for a quality product, but an overall customer experience that really encompasses that you know, uh, customer service aspect, communication aspect, but truly, you know, we only exist to satisfy a social need. We, our coffee bar only is sustainable in the sense that people continue to come back on a daily basis. So right. coffee is interesting because it's such a quality focused beverage, but also it's one of the few products that people consume every day. Right. You know, I mean... <laughs> Uh, Lucky go, for you. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone goes and eats ice cream every day or eats, you know, goes out to a fancy dinner every day. But coffee, uh, they do. And we have to balance that price point, that customer experience, and um, that volume, you know, nature of a coffee house. Mm -hmm. So I think a really good barista is very organized, appreciates the need for cleaning and maintenance on equipment and understands that their duties are more than just making great coffee and pouring great latte art, but, uh, you know, the full circle of uh, roles and responsibilities um, and, a, and a willingness to adapt to any new environment is, I feel, what makes a great barista. Is it a pretty uh, big bell curve in terms of you have baristas that have no experience whatsoever uh, that come in as well? So we literally put everyone through the same training oh. platform, um, regardless of experience. You know, with the American Barista Coffee School, most of our students are those looking to open a coffee bar or a small micro roaster, and many of them have zero experience in the coffee industry. They just know they love coffee, and honestly, it's sometimes easier to teach someone with very little experience than it is to kind of break habits that sure. people have developed. Sure. And the only constant uh, aspect of the coffee industry uh, is change. So a willingness to always be evolving and adapt adapting is so crucial to staying relative and, and growing in this industry. Like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash thepdxbeat. Find us on Twitter as at thepdxbeat. Email us at thepdxbeat at gmail.com. And check out our website at www.thepdxbeat.com. I moved back to Portland about eight years ago. Before I left, I think there were only literally Starbucks and coffee people. Right, right. Um, and then, but when I came back, I was surprised to see just a variety sure. of coffee coffee roasters at that time. And in the span of eight years, almost what quintupled. Yeah. Um, how do you? How does Water Avenue remain competitive? Sure, that's an interesting question too. And there have been so many great coffee companies start and operate in Portland dating back to 
the early 1900s with Boyd's Coffee, for example. Oh, yeah. So it's always been a very uh, coffee-centric city. And I'd say in the last, you know, 15 years, we've obviously um, seen some amazing, you know, growth in micro-roasting, in uh, that transparency that I think has uh, become... Uh, imperative in, in being a, a coffee roaster. Uh, I mean, we'll always be very thankful for the path that Stumptown's paved in Portland um, in the sense that just kind of breaking the mold and really focusing beyond just a product and focusing on, you know, adequate support uh, training and, and many other small companies uh, have to be very competitive. You know, unlike a, a bakery, if you want to serve someone's pastries, they're they're often not also maybe providing you with a pastry case and then training you on right. all aspects. So it, it really does keep everyone as a community in Portland uh, on their toes and, and constantly uh, striving to do an excellent job. So recent statistics, I know there's over 50 coffee roasters in Portland. That's crazy. And we see... Uh, new little nano or micro roasters popping up all the time and I think it's um, I think it's interesting to predict kind of where this industry is headed. Absolutely more and more people are interested in the roasting process which is spawning little micro brands and little micro roasters Um, but at the same time a a medium sized roaster like Water Avenue uh, can stay relative and compete in the sense that we are able to provide that level of support, uh, you know, for example, equipment installation and maintenance, uh, training, etc. And, and what's what's uh, also becoming apparent is sometimes uh, if you, let's say you, you want to roast your own coffee, but then you may not have the, the team to support, you know, I think that's how a wholesale focused business like ours and, and many others in Portland can continue to cater to uh, people that want consistency, support, and resource and a great product that, that you know, will always have that need. Uh, and I think that's why we've put such an emphasis on transparency, on relationships, on support and resources. So, right on. Uh, and it's allowed us to grow. I mean, it's definitely, the I would hands down say it's likely the most competitive um, city to be a micro-roaster in. Right. But, but at the same time, uh, for example, I'm, I'm on the board of the Oregon Coffee Board, right? And this was a grassroots, local, uh, Oregon-based nonprofit that really is dedicated to educating the consumer on why Oregon has so many great coffee roasters. You know, we don't grow coffee in Oregon, right. you know, but Oregon's always been a leader in uh, the industry. So it's, and, and pretty much everyone on this Oregon coffee board are roasters that, from other companies, you know, but we've all banded together to promote that consumer education. Um, if someone says, you know, oh, I work in the industry of the other white meat for example everybody immediately knows that's pork and it's because of uh, marketing and awareness for an industry that 
people automatically recognize. And coffee has always struggled to reach out to the consumer. We have organizations that promote uh, or really work with the growers, you know, the roasters, the retailers. But it's that it's that kind of you know consumer education that does really allow for Oregon-based consumers to really be proud of just how influential. Right, uh, Portland and the state of Oregon's been so. We become snobs, though. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if snobs. Are, there are definitely people out there that uh, are very particular and, and you know think they know everything about coffee. But really, I think it's it's uh, a humbleness that truly uh, shows a true coffee professional, you know, and someone who's interested in being part of a larger community and also being an ambassador for not just their own brand, but the product in, in, in general. And that's what we've really tried to focus on with our baristas and our staff is absolutely, we not only want to offer one of the best coffees in town, but we want to have the best customer experience that we can. So we often get, you know, um, people saying just how, how much they appreciated the friendliness, the mm-hmm. openness, the communication of, of our staff and, uh, that's just we understand that as being absolutely an equal important part of you know uh, being successful as a business. In 2011, Portland's coffee enthusiasts were all up in arms about iconic local roaster Stumptown Coffee, quote unquote, selling out to a New York-based investor. And I asked Matt for his thoughts on that. I think we should all be proud of, of an Oregon and a Portland-based company truly pioneering, uh, not that they were the only ones, but really pioneering an industry. And I think that uh, they've really built a, a pretty amazing national brand. And with roasteries in Seattle and New York and Los Angeles, um, they've been able to grow and, and you know, give, you know, uh, Kind of an exposure to great coffee, so right. I think as a as a you know an Oregonian and a Portlander, uh, we can all be proud of what they've done. I think that um, Portland is unique, and, and sometimes people really truly love a very local yeah. you know experience with who they work with, uh, which uh, Stumptown does a, a great job with with everything that they do. Uh, but also, it's kind of opened up the market for some smaller, uh, smaller businesses in, in the Portland area. Right now, is uh, is this the only? I apologize, I should know this, but is this the only Water Avenue pure pure Water Avenue retail store? Yes. So okay. this is our you know our headquarters, our roastery, and our retail. Um, you know, our our growth strategy will be to you know get our production in a larger space and then remodel and and help grow uh, this retail location. Uh, and do you imagine yourself putting more retail locations in, or uh, is that part of the plan? We're always interested in new new locations, of course. Uh, retail, as a roaster, often, you know, is it's always tricky expanding from one location into multiple, because right. no matter how successful maybe one location is, you're always taking a risk. Um, but with that said, we'd love to look at, you know, creative spaces, uh, and other parts of Portland that would be a great, you know, extension of our of our brand. So, yeah, it's it's. I think our immediate focus is uh, expanding in, in our production as well as our 
adding more seating and potentially growing our menu here in, in this space, given the growth of our neighborhood and um, the opportunity we have to kind of expand within. I'm ashamed to say that because of very poor decisions I've made early on in life, I've been living with high blood pressure since 2006. And because I love coffee, being diagnosed with HBP and told to quit caffeine for, you know, survival, were right up there in terms of the most disheartening news anyone could ever possibly hear. As a compromise, I started drinking decaf coffee, which I know many of you would agree is sort of like the red-headed cousin to the regular coffee. Most of the ones I'd tasted from even the best local roasters were inferior to the fully leaded varieties. But, to my delight, Water Avenue Coffee's decaf version of their El Toro blend stood out. We've had people, there, there's people that come here specifically just for our decaf. And <laughs> really, it's it's basically just, you know, spending the same uh, care in sourcing a great decaf. I mean, the decaffeination process is pretty abrasive, and, you know, it's yeah. it's no wonder that... Sometimes people do use an inferior coffee for decaf because it goes through this crazy process, yeah. right? Um, but it's funny you say that because it's not the first time we've had people so thankful that <laughs> uh, that our decaf tastes on par with our you know other coffees. So it's just a attention to detail. We definitely spend more on, on decaf than probably a lot of roasters, just so that we have that consistency with our brand, no matter if it's a decaf americano or you know a, a regular latte we want it to taste at its best right so i appreciate that oh yeah so knowing what you know about coffee and the coffee industry and the 50 or so roasters we have here in portland at this time do you think we've plateaued or do you think it's interesting you know and and uh i think there will always be room for growth no matter if you're a little roaster in your garage or you're a large scale roaster um I don't think we'll ever plateau. I think it just means that people have to continue to, to not rest on their laurels and continue to evolve and change with the industry. So um, it's, it will continue to be more and more competitive as you know. The, a lot of medium-sized roasters are also wanting to continue to grow, but um, it really keeps everyone you know on their toes and competitive. Uh, so. I don't know. It's it is interesting because I think you know there's been a every five years there's kind of sometimes a new state of the industry. Um, five years ago, you know, it was Water Avenue, Hart, Cova. We all kind of started out um, at least opening retail and roasting, and you know we've all been able to grow. Yeah, uh, and really, you know, people identify with with a brand and also in Portland people go to more than just one coffee shop right so I think the idea of that people drink coffee every day and support the companies that they like uh, I think it does allow for uh, you know many different roasters right. just like you know maybe beer and wine you love beer and wine but you want to try beer and wine from a lot of different producers so right on and I love that, you know, that there does seem to be a, uh, a community uh, among the coffee roasters here. I've actually sat here once and I saw a barista that worked at a different coffee roaster uh, buying your coffee, oh, absolutely. you know, for himself. But, you know, it's just, I guess it's a matter of taste. Or perhaps right. it's just tired of drinking his own coffee. Sure, sure. 
Um, my final question to you is, what's, you know, knowing what you know about coffee and knowing your, where you're setting up shop, it, was there ever um, a decision that you made that said, this is the right decision because it's Portland. I'm going to roast it this way because it's Portland. Yeah, I think that it is interesting because there are regional taste preferences in coffee, not just, you know, the difference between Portland and New York, but um, the methods are almost based on kind of a regional style, and definitely we've embraced a very, very much a Northwest Portland style, not only with, you know, focusing on great single origin coffees, we do offer blends. Uh, an espresso blend and a house blend that we put, you know, great care into creating a consistent uh, product. But yeah, I mean, our our preparation methods, roasting style, is very much, I think, a Northwest kind of tribute because it's what we like. Yeah. And there's definitely Italian styles of roasting. There are kind of a more of a Northern European. Uh, style of roasting that we, we really don't try to follow one specific style but it is just kind of this, this overall Portland style that we've fallen in love with sweet well Matt Maletto keep making great coffee and thanks for speaking with me yeah thank you so much find out more about Water Avenue Coffee via their website at wateravenuecoffee.com and make sure to visit their flagship location serving delicious caffeinated and decaffeinated beverages from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And that's our show this week, folks. Our theme music is called Cataracts from local musician Sweet Nothing. If you're not currently listening to this episode via iTunes, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to the show and get new episodes hot off the press. I do still appreciate your listenership, though, whether you find us on other platforms such as SoundCloud or any other media, but your iTunes subscription does go a long way to help bring much-needed visibility to this show. And make sure to visit the website for show notes and past episodes. This has been a presentation of the PDX Beat Podcast. I'm Amado Lumba. Thanks for tuning in.